This is the UK House Builder and Developer from Good to Great series with Gerard Ball, Managing Director of Human Capital Group, helping you build your UK house building teams and businesses fast. We find the top 15% of talent in the market by harnessing the power of big data, 24-7, 365 digital automation platforms and inbound strategies. Leveraged by 20 years successful mid to senior level recruitment experience. As regional chairman of Bellway for more than a decade before his recent retirement, Andy Beasley was responsible for overseeing six of the developers' regional offices with a combined turnover of more than £700 million. In this frank interview, Andy shares insights with Human Capital Group Managing Director Gerard Ball on cash flow and cost control for house building organisations as we move through the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. He shares valuable in-depth knowledge on cash flow forecasting and how getting it right is crucial for house building businesses to navigate the post-pandemic fallout. He puts the spotlight on cash flow in relation to sales revenue and land and build costs, the importance of creating an efficient and agile business and shares his ultimate tips on successfully pulling businesses through this unprecedented period. This podcast was recorded as part of a webinar series for the House Builder Business Resilience Hub and can be found at www.hc-group.co.uk. Welcome to this House Builder Business Resilience Hub webinar and Good to Great series podcast. Um, the Business Resilience Hub has been developed in response to COVID-19, but having worked within senior appointment recruitment for 20 plus years, um, I've seen companies come and go. So the core principles of the Business Resilience Hub, which we're focusing on, are mindset, productivity, and cash flow, which are essential, uh, not just in the current trading conditions, but in any trading conditions. Today, we're specifically talking about the house builder cash flow and cost control post-lockdown from the COVID-19 pandemic. And to help us navigate this interesting <laughs> subject is Andy Beasley, um, who's a recently retired regional chairman from Bellway. Andy's exceptionally well-placed to help us on this subject. For nearly 10 years as a regional chairman, he oversaw six divisional offices with a turnover in excess of £700 million plus. He's much more than just a money man. He's very, very uh, skilled across all of the core disciplines and has been at the sharp end having to make very tough decisions and execute very tough decisions in times of crisis. So, Andy, a, a big welcome. Thank you very much. Hey, nice to be here. I hope you can offer some help. <laughs> Good stuff. We've got a lot to get through on this subject. So any questions that people have, please do send them in. I'm not sure we'll be able to answer all of them. But if we don't get to answer anything, then we will get back to you separately. But first of all, let's let's jump straight in. Where is the best place to start, Andy, with such an extensive subject? That's a good start. Good question, uh, Gerard. I think the return to work after COVID-19 the housing market is going to be a complete unknown. I mean, prior to this pandemic, the market was looking good for house builders. Hopefully in the lockdown, the senior management has been thinking about the cash flow and quite possibly been working on it for the past six weeks. Hopefully, I can give a, 
a few good pointers, something to think about, and assistance. I think the one thing for me is that cash is king, as an expression, has never been so true. Anybody who's been through a previous recession will will know that (laughs) cash rules everything. I've got 40 years of experience, and two things that it's taught me, I think, with cash flow is that, particularly with house builders, they have a bad habit of overestimating their income, underestimating their expenditure. SMEs, you know, small, medium house builder will have extensive forecasting knowledge. But going forward, these are exceptional circumstances. In terms, just out of interest, the, the difference between now and, let's say, 2008, 2012, how, how, what, what do you see the differences being? Probably going forward, not a lot of difference in terms of all the things that house builders need to think about and do. I think how we got to this situation is it's a once in a lifetime experience. Uh, I think at least in 2008, builders probably couldn't prepare for it and they probably got caught with too much work in progress. But I think some builders were already sort of preparing for harder times. I think with what's happened in the last six weeks is just a complete unknown. Very difficult to say what's going to happen as people return to work. Another once in the lifetime experience, COVID-19, 9-11, financial crash. Hopefully I won't have too many more of these. <laughs> I think builders have already struggled with Brexit for the last three years. I think they thought <laughs> uh, things were improving after the general election, only to find that you know something's come, uh, as they call it, the curveball. How important will cash flow forecasting be to SMEs? Cash flow is always an important subject. I would actually suggest that cash flow forecasting is the single most important activity the company has to deal with probably at any time and even more so in current circumstances. Knowing what your cash balance is probably on a daily and weekly basis for SMEs is going to be crucial. I would suggest that MD, financial director, proprietor, owner, leads a full review of current forecasting covering the next, well, covering the next 20 weeks, six months to 12 months. And they're going to have to make some real assumptions and possibly have one or two alternative assumptions. Needs to cover sort of monthly income, monthly expenditure. And I think also associated with that is cost control savings, possibly deferment of costs that can be made. From your experience, I'm, I'm sure a lot of EMDs and FDs, etc., are, are already doing this. But just in case they're not, you know, what would you advise MDs, FDs to be doing in the first instant, instance if they're not doing it already? I would start with their, their bank facilities or their loan facilitators. I'm sure that they talk to them on a regular basis. If the MD and FD haven't made contact with the the bank, I'm sure the bank will be in touch shortly. My experience, again, going back to 2008, is dealing with the banks, their accountants. They uh, like things in boxes. I would say at times not entirely empathetic with the situation. I think what businesses need to do is develop a business plan going forward. It's one that's going to have to be reviewed weekly, probably. Seeable future. Mm. It needs to be a reliable forecast because if you are talking to your loan facilitators, it needs to instill confidence. You know, missing your targets at the end of week three or week four of your revised business plan is not going to instill confidence. Uh, and 
you know, your banks are going to get nervous. I think the one thing that businesses perhaps should have been doing in the last six weeks is the government scheme. There is a government scheme out at the present moment called the Coronavirus Business Interruption Loan Scheme. There are interim uh, loans available up to £5 million. Obviously, that depends on the size of the company. And if companies are not looking at that, they ought to be, because that's probably the immediate help that, that is out there. And I think the loans come in, they can be secured in one of the four different ways from what I've read on the website. So something that they, they're not doing, they should be doing, they should definitely do. Okay, take, take advantage of all the opportunities. In terms of sales of properties, they're going to be in different positions on each site. What do house builders need to do differently post-COVID-19 to pre-COVID-19? Probably what I'm going to say now is no difference. Builders will have been processing reservations through to exchange, through to completion. I think what I found, again, with experience, I've sat in an awful lot of build sales meetings on a weekly basis over 40 years. And what never ceases to amaze me is the excuses made for people not being able to exchange contracts. And I would suspect there's going to be a few more conversations going forward along those lines. In the first instance, builders need to review the units that they've got exchange contracts on, both the private units and housing association units. I think they need to look out for People's changed positions, you know, they may have exchanged contract, they may have a mortgage, well, they most certainly have a mortgage offer. Possibly mortgage offers will be expiring. Right. You can't get your fixed legal completion date. Yeah. Lenders are probably, if, if they get the opportunity to review people's situations, that mm-hmm. may lead to problems. I think also people possibly don't know whether they've got a job going forward and possibly may come back to the builder to try and rescind the contract. And that's going to be a difficult situation because, again, builders like to take 10% on exchange, but often don't. They may be able to sue for the balance. But, again, I think then becomes a big moral subject in terms of trying to force people to complete or hanging on to their exchange monies. I think reserved units prior to COVID-19, I would imagine that, cancellation rates were running at 15 to 20%. One in five, one in six units was then cancelled. Been a reasonably, reasonably okay market. Today, I would treat every reservation as a pending cancellation. And going back to nothing much changes, I think it's going to be down to the builders and their sales departments to check, check and recheck, communicate with the purchasers, solicitors, estate agents, checking out their situations. It's going to change. People are going to start to return to work and find out that um, they're on short time working. Redundancy notice, no job at all. Who knows? So I think cancel. I think we've added out cancellation rates will rise. And if you're doing a cash flow forecast, the sooner you know, the sooner you can cater for it. I think one something again I learned in 2008, 2009 with housing associations, particularly. Right. And again, they're going to be returning post-COVID-19, probably with staff issues, may even be with their own cash flow issues. Yeah. Uh, so know your contracts. You know, you might serve notice to complete in 14 days' time, but um, some overzealous employer's agent for HA uh, may have other ideas. And again, right. if you're forecasting 
three lethal completions on HA with an income of you know three hundred thousand pounds, and it doesn't come, and your bank's not going to be happy. I think the other big issue for builders is builds completion dates. Returning after COVID nineteen, you've got subcontractors, material suppliers, and service companies who are going to have all the same issues and problems that, uh, that you've got. They also, you, you, you will be worried about your own cash flow. They will certainly be worried about theirs. They, in my opinion, if they're not paid on time, your uh, credit is going to be cut, make right. it difficult to get materials. Subcontractors, again, I speak with considerable experience. I mean, worked for a PLC through 2008. We paid our bills on time. People knew that. They turned up to do the work. I think the small medium-sized builders, it will very much depend upon the relationship that you've got with your contractors. Well, paying them for the work is going to be crucial. Uh, if not, they're going to send their resource to wherever they think they're going to get paid, which is going to make forecasting your dates extremely difficult. I'm guessing if historically you've been a poor payer, it's, it's going to become even more, more, difficult, more <laughs> difficult now. The supplier and subcontractors are going to be very nervous. I think everybody's going to be very nervous of each other, uh, quite frankly. You know, there, there are medium-sized house builders out there with very good reputations that I'm yeah. sure will, they've got through 2008, 2009, will know all of those issues. But if you're, you're new, you've expanded, your cash flow, paying your people on time is is key to sorting out and, and, and getting your own cash in on time. What about new sales going forward? Will they need treating differently in this new post-COVID-19 era? And is there anything house builders could explore? Again, a very interesting subject area. Major PLCs in the last week or so have been saying notices out to the market that they're going back working on the practical side of building houses in the next week to fortnight. I haven't yet seen anybody who sort of announced that they're going to open up their on-site sales outlets. I think sales, certainly the majors have been saying they have been taking sales. I suspect that's from people who've reserved prior to lockdown and they've managed, you know, online to progress that sale through. I suspect what's not happening is there's too much interest from new buyers. Some of the things builders may already do, some may not, may not even consider it. Firstly, you could sell your show home if you own it. There are investors out there that would buy it. They'll want a discount. They'll lease it back to you You know, on a fixed rental period, on a fixed rent. You're going to have to discount. Having said that, depends where your borrowings are, where your loans are. That may be something that would help in extreme circumstances. I think the other thing with sales, to instill confidence in the buyer, you're probably going to introduce a COVID-19 exit clause for a buyer, and that's that they can reserve, they can exchange, but ultimately if their circumstances change, that they can pull out of the sale. A lot of the majors have actually introduced that. I'm, I'm well aware of that. It is a problem because, again, it, it's, it means that the contract when it's exchanged is not 100% watertight. But I suspect moving forward, if you've got nervous buyers, that is, you're going to have to take that on the chin. And that's probably something you're going to have to consider running with. I think the other thing for house builders that have been flat out on the work in progress prior to this pandemic, I built plots, 
They need to consider their part build plots. Are they they're going to finish them off? Are they going to present them? What work are they going to do? That's if they can afford to spend money. You know, my advice is, you know, if the roof's on, drop the scaffold. I would clean the uh, stickers off the windows. I'd give the windows a clean. I'd put the turf down at the front and get the house presented and extend the presentation into the site and move things like the Harris fencing and the working area further into the site. Uh, At least give the illusion that properties are, you are working towards completing them. Other areas for consideration to secure sales, if if you're building two-bed and three-bed private units, investors uh, often will take them for the rental markets. Again, with the discounts, four and five beds, investors tend not to want them. Again, depending where your borrowings are, depending on the product mix, it is a way forward. Probably means you're going to have no margin. But again, go back to cash is king. It would be better with the money in the bank than sitting with work in progress in the field. I think the other big issue, and I've been reading the internet for the last six weeks with very little else to do, pricing of houses. I think it, it, no house builder is going to want to reduce prices going forward. They bought the site with a predicted margin, reducing house prices, human nature. You're not going to want to do it. I've seen predictions at the start of this of market going back 15%. Bit more optimistic in the last week or so of sort of five to seven percent. All of that. The valuers haven't been out, haven't been working for the last four or five weeks. So again, if you've got reservations, you're going to get a feel fairly quickly as to where valuers working for the lenders are going to be once you've right. got them back on site. If house prices are coming backwards, hanging on to plots at, at high prices, you can do, you can possibly give a bigger deal. But my advice would be you're probably going to have to track the market down. That's going to result in a lower margin or no margin. Uh, And going back to cash, that's just going to exacerbate the problem, unfortunately. (laughs) We've talked about sales and revenue. If we move on to to costs and expenditure, where do we start? I'd start with land. Land is usually a developer's biggest single cost. If you've already completed on land, you may have already paid for it and there's nothing you can do. If you have got deferred payments, I'd be back to that vendor or their agent urgently to try and defer that payment. If you don't ask, you don't get. And again, I can tell you in 2008, 2009, depending on the type of vendor, if you don't ask, you don't get. If you do ask, quite often, I think people will be sympathetic. They will want to see their money, probably depending on what type of organisation you are and they'll have to consider the risk of deferring. But they've often got charges against the land with deferred costs. If you're contracted on land with a fixed date, similar situation, a back of deferment. Again, I would suggest not buying the site at the present moment. I'm going to save you considerable sums of cash. may not be too welcome by the vendor, but a problem you're going to have to face into. I think if, you, if you're buying off local authorities, you know, all different types of PLC vendor, you may get a sympathetic hearing. Conditional contracts, well, it depends what it's conditional. If it's conditional planning, slowing the planning application down, I think will have already happened. Local authorities are not working. They're already cancelling planning meetings. So slowing things down with local authorities on planning shouldn't be too difficult without you contravening your contract conditions. If not, I suggest you read your contract. 
do what you can to to try and push some of that um, that, that date backwards. Land with a great price. Well, if sales prices are going to drop, you've either got to renegotiate, and I suspect in the short term that's a bit of an unknown. Uh, mm. I would suggest pull out. I worry about surviving in the first instance, not about buying further land. Quite frankly, for those that are in a good position, uh, I think okay. over the next few months there might actually be good opportunity if you are cash rich uh, and your cash is under control, because I'm sure plenty of people. Going to pull out of deals, so you know every. Uh, sometimes there are good things come out for certain people, certain companies. Just keeping me land. If you are progressing anything at the present moment, I would look at any fees that you're paying out. Are they necessary? If not, cancel them, push them down the line. Planning applications. I'd be no rush to make them. Again, after your contract terms, you know if you push your cash back wherever you can. Pushing your land expenditure backwards, in my opinion, is a key issue, biggest single cost, it's the order of the day uh, and needs addressing. Is that more on the SME side? Is the PLC in a, in a different position when it comes to land? My experience, and I, I started working for small companies 44 years ago, moved on to PLCs. PLCs have probably got slightly deeper pockets, but they will preserve, they will do everything to preserve cash. Right, at these circumstances, they will try and they will read their contract terms. They'll have a whole host of solicitors. They will do everything to move that the land cash backwards. It's you take one of the big four PLCs, they're probably spending 750 million to a billion pound on cash in any one year. If you can move 50% of that backwards. That's a massive cash saving. That allows you to concentrate on running your business in the short term and getting a feel for where the market goes. It's going to be the same whether you're small or large. You will have come into this year on the back of reasonable sales. You will have pushed your work in progress on your operational sites. So your non-operational sites are probably the simplest and easiest cash flow saving that you can make. Probably not professional but you could approach your solicitor about going in breach of contract. Depends what the consequences are, how the contract is drafted. But trust me, certain major PLCs will look at every trick in the book. Just, um, yeah, I guess it's kind of a desperation, you know, survival at times, isn't it? 2008, most major house builders were caught with too much work in progress. They probably today, they've spent the last 10 years worrying about work Return on capital employed. So right, what okay. I learned is that their exposure to too much cash in 2008, 2009 was a problem. They've probably been buying their land on better terms in the last 10 years, but they're going to utilise the experience they had 10 years ago and moving forward. And there'll be plenty of people in their organisations, accountants, yeah. senior directors. As I said, they'll pull every trick in the book. They will. Everything's on the agenda. Everything's on your right. Okay. Well, look, good you started on, on sites with regards to work in progress, but you started with the land. What, what about the bill costs? If you're out in the park, you've got plots under control, I think you need to go backwards. I, I'm sure that, again, small builders, medium builders will have uh, decided what plots they're going to build whenever they've started the site. They will review that on a regular basis. I would 
suggest that they should have been looking over the last six six weeks and certainly going forward if they're going to go back onto in, into the field building houses. They need to look item by item. You know, if they're, they're going to hold the unit at roof, they're going to first fix it, they're going to plaster it. You know, your plastering costs per unit are anywhere between two and a half thousand and five thousand pounds per block. What you don't want is a site manager who's not, who you've not communicated with, plastering yeah. a unit costing you five thousand pounds that you've not got in your cash flow and you can't afford. You know, so you, you, you literally, in my opinion, are going to have to micromanage. The work in progress, the type right. control, you've got to really, you know, you've got to grip the nettle. People are not going to like it. Just on that note, I'm, you know, I've, I'd, I'd never kind of considered that, but I'm guessing that you've experienced in your time where that communication has broken down and the site managers push, push forward on something and it's like, ah, oh, you know, what, what have we done? I haven't mentioned it yet, but the one thing that is vital is that managing director, the board of directors, senior managers, communication yeah. to staff mm-hmm. on a revised business plan going forward is going to be absolutely crucial. Every pound that you spend needs to hit the mark. As I said, you do not want to be plastering a unit that spends £5,000 that you've not got budgeted for in your cash flow. But you're not going to be able to blame the site manager if you haven't told. So if you develop a new business plan going forward, tight work in progress control, talk to your, you know, if you've got a building director, if it's a contracts manager or site managers, whatever your structure is, you need to communicate very, very carefully. Right. So tight work in control, again, for the foreseeable future, I would suspend work on starting any new plots or new blocks of apartments. Until you find out where the market is going, I'll just start resting wherever. One thing I learned in 2008, 2009, actually, for sales, if you completely abandon a site and open up the sales office, buyers pick up on the fact that the site has been abandoned. You've abandoned and kept plots. What I actually found in 2009, working for a PLC, we suspended work on 15 operational sites. What I actually found is to get buyers back with confidence, right. be it at lower levels, was to actually get the machine working outside with people. Don't treat buyers as uh, stupid. You know, they can see that the site's been abandoned. I think that, you know, they, it, it's psychological. If you turn up and the machine's working, the men are working, yeah. they know that, you know, the company's at least got cash, is moving forward. Abandoned sites are what they are. They feel abandoned. So something in 2009 to get 15 sites back and running, we, we, and there's all sorts of tricks. I mean, again, go back to subcontractors, well-financed ground workers, for instance, we negotiated, they would put three foundations in and they wouldn't be paid for three months because they were desperate for work as well. And they came back to us saying, you know, you're holding the work in progress. So that's if we put them in, but we don't invoice you for three months. So, Right. You might be lucky that you've got a good relationship and good contractors and well-financed contractors. If you're going to go back and work on building sites at a lower level, if you've got a site manager and assistant manager, you're going to have to consider whether you can run that now with just a site manager or even just an assistant manager. Labourers, forklifts. My advice, again, if you're going to suspend work, you know, can the forklift driver do a bit of labouring? Because you're not going to need the forklift driver 40 hours a week. Unfortunately, you may need to terminate 
in the contract of the uh, the labour. Yeah, you got to you know cut your cloth accordingly. If house prices do start to come backwards, do not feel inhibited in terms of going back to renegotiate your material prices, your subcontract prices. We're all in the same boat. You know, the house builder is not going to be able to carry all of the problems on his own. Uh, And again, I can tell you from experience from working with the majors, if house prices come backwards, they will be back to all of their subcontractors. In fact, they'll be releasing work in progress saying, you're going to have to lower your prices 5% or we'll put it back out to tender. So they, no different to what you hear in other areas of industry, you know, supermarkets, some stories now, you know, one or two retailers not paying their bills, Mm. stopping, you know, so everybody's going to feel the pain. As you will know as a recruiter, salaries in the building trade have been, house building trade have been rising quite considerably. Now's the time to take stock. Other minor items, builders will have entered legal agreements to pay uh, Section 106 planning fees, yeah. still payments. I'll be back to local authorities saying, I'm not paying, can we renegotiate? You're likely to get a reasonable hearing, and I think that they, you'd get some deferments. And again, they can be quite chunky figures that you pay us. I think with your commercial team, whoever runs your commercial team, you know, commercial director or commercial manager, again, about communicating. Can you pay right. your service connections plot by plot? You know, right. water connections are £1,000 a plot. You do not want to be paying 20 plots in advance if you're only going to be building the next plot, you know. Uh, but again, it needs communicating because if you've been in a good market, cash flow controls often get sort of released slightly. People pay for five plots, ten plots. Now you need to get back plot by plot. Some of the service people may not want to facilitate that. But your staff are going to have to fight their corner. NHBC or any other guarantee fees, similarly, you know, don't pay, because again, they can be expensive. So for your guarantees, often paid up front, you only want to pay for the plots that you're building. You could even try for a refund on plots. There's probably a fee involved, but you could actually try and get some of your money back if you, if you abandon the plots. HA retentions, you, if you've been building HA, you might have small outstanding retentions, well, chase them. The same with material rebates. If you're a medium-sized builder, you're bound to have material agreements. You may already be outstanding monies from the, your financial year end. So everybody, all hands to the pump, need to chase every every penny. It's all going to count. Chase it all in. Yeah, okay. forecasting your costs in the right month. Notoriously difficult for builders at times. As I started by saying, you're going to have to micromanage. You really are going to have to work hard to get that money into the right weeks, the right months to, to manage your cash balances. What you don't want, any big surprises. Possibly one area we, we haven't touched upon is, is the head office, regional division office management costs. And, you know, this is especially under scrutiny because we're all now working remotely and proving that it, 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 it can be done. Is this, yeah. you know, is this something that needs, needs review? Your single biggest cost in development is your office overhead uh, and your management structure. Before you start in any financial year, you're committed to big, usually six-figure sums. If your volumes are, you're going to come back with lower forecast. Your volumes are down. Undoubtedly, you know it's a it's going to be a very difficult subject. I can offer no sort of answers fits all situation. I would say, undoubtedly, at some point, you're probably going to have to make redundancies. 
Yeah. But I think that, you know, you can offer part-time working, reduced hours, mm. salary cuts. Again, in 2008, 2009, in BLCs, I dropped from, you know, five directors and six directors in a division to three, four directors in a division. Painful consultation, painful decisions, dealing with people's lives. You have to deal with it skillfully, sympathetically. But you're going to have to attack it. You know, there's probably little you can do about your actual fixed office rental costs, but employing people is expensive. And again, if companies have built built their structure in their company, it's probably the last thing they want to do. But in many ways, it's probably with the business plan going forward, the one thing that is going to have to be looked at and probably create some sleepless nights for management at the end of the day. Whole, you know, reduced reduction in salaries, maybe one area, reduced working. Whole host of things. Again, I know a lot of small builders actually in 2002, and the ones that survived often went to three-day working. There may be some crossover between the, the three days and some of the staff, but I, yeah. I'm well aware of um, smaller builders in the Midlands that survived, and that's exactly what they did. Obviously, the future plan of whenever they can get back to five-day working, they did. Difficult times require difficult decisions. Any other suggestions for review? Well, the one big suggestion I've got for if you've got a site that's only partially developed, is to look at replanning that, that the product size. Particularly, again, with Brexit, a lot of builders have actually gone to smaller products over the last couple of years, particularly amongst the PLCs. I'm not so sure that's been the same strategy with small and medium-sized builders. But something that, again, if you can afford to replan, there's all sorts of difficulties associated with that, with local authorities and, and housing mix. But again, if the site is stalled, you need to get into the local authority, you need to go and talk to chief planner, planning officers, uh, and tell them the only way forward. Because the likelihood is if the market is at lower volumes and it's going to build back up again, it will build from the bottom. You know, you, right. you trouble to sell five beds without a chain of sales below it. It's usually people moving up the chain. Yeah. So the market generally covers with the smaller, the, the lower selling price and the lower end of the chain. And there's still a big housing demand there, whether we're in the pandemic or not. You know, the number of new households that have been created, all the statistics would tell you there's a, there's a future sale. If you've got big products, it's not an immediate solution to a problem, but it's something that you it will take time to sort out. So now's the time to look at it. We've covered some areas, issues for small to medium-sized house builders, but how would you sum all of that up? I think in summary, MDs, boards of directors, company owners need to show cool, calm, collective leadership. We touched upon they need to, whatever decisions they make on the business plan, if they're going to hold work in progress, it needs to be communicated. Yeah. If you're going to talk to staff about reduced hours, my opinion is you need to talk to them sensibly, get them in. It's going to be a lot of emotion, but being sort of calm through these negotiations, getting up uptight about this is not going to help anybody. And again, what I found in the past, I found it in 2008, 2009, actually if you communicate and I had to make some serious decisions in reducing the size of the business, actually the staff that survived are very thankful because they've got livings, but actually they step up to the mark. And you probably get more out of them in this type of crisis than you perhaps do prior to the pandemic. 
the old adage of, I think when there's plenty of work about, if you fall out with people, they don't like you, they'll move on. I think when the crisis is here, people accept that they're going to have to work and work extremely hard. So, you know, cool and calm. I've already mentioned, I started by saying there's government COVID-19 initiatives. There's already one out there. It was mentioned in part, House builders were mentioned specifically in Parliament the other day. And I read an article that actually said they're not going to be top of the list. I think the government, and it wouldn't matter whether it was Tory or Labour, actually consider house building to be a big issue in this country. And I'm sure that as priorities move on, maybe more initiatives will come out of government to help builders keep them in yeah. business and keep them producing houses at the end of the day. There's no one business plan going to fit all situations. Business plans are going to be required to, uh, they're going to have to be reviewed weekly, fortnightly, monthly. Talk to your lenders. They're the important people. You don't want them foreclosing on you at the end of the day. On top of that, there's a lot of, a lot of assistance, a lot of other advice, a lot of websites out there. House Builders Federation, Federation of Master House Builders, Construction Leadership Council, the government, you need to keep abreast of any initiatives that are going to be coming forward to help you as a business. It's going to be a very, very difficult period. Things are going to move fairly quickly, and you need to keep abreast of that situation. Look, Andy, that was fantastic. I know we can't do everything full justice, and you could probably talk on each subject for quite a while. <laughs> um, but, but look, if, if anybody has any other questions or you'd like to contact Andy direct, then, then please email me at Gerard, G-E-R-A-R-D, hc-group.co.uk and I'll pass your details on, and, and questions on. We'll be attempting to contact everybody individually to get your input and feedback, which will be essential if we're going to keep developing the Business Resilience Hub. Good luck, everybody, and stay safe. Thank you, Andy. Thank you very much. Discover how to build your UK house builder business and attract the top 15% of leadership talent using one-to-many platforms, automation, and 24-7, 365 proven digital strategies before your competition. Be sure to subscribe for more podcasts from the Good to Great series. Featuring leading voices from the UK house building industry, from small to medium businesses to leading PLCs. Don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content possible. For more information, call 0203 800 1080 or check out www.hc-group.co.uk and book a client or candidate blueprint strategy session.